Well, this was supposed to be a very short episode because I thought, well, what do I really have to say about this? It can't be that much. And I mean, I have a lot to say about it, but I just wanted to give you the quick and dirty about, you know, create the creative process and how cathartic and connecting it is. Um, but I ended up talking for about 26 minutes, actually 26 minutes, 36 seconds to be exact. But I'll tell you, this is my heart, this, this subject of creativity, um, anything I can think about in my past or, or the spending time with my children um, involves some kind of creative process, some kind of creation of an idea of a, something material, of an experience, or even of my children's lives, you know, that, of that of creation of life itself. So anyway, I had fun. I hope you really enjoy this episode, this session with me, and uh, let's go. Welcome to the Family Health Revolution podcast with Coach Carla Atherton, where she discovers, uncovers, explores, and reveals the secrets to true family health and wellness. All right, so I was asked um, several weeks ago by a student who is in my practitioner training program if I would run a program or one of my programs that I had run in the past. So it was called, it is called Mountains Rise from Earthquakes. And I had a subtitle, Finding Meaning and Growth in the Struggle Through Writing. And my purpose for leading that workshop was to, I guess, support or have people or in particular parents who had been through some kind of health crisis or struggle or whatever with their families in particular obviously their children maybe even their parents themselves the whole family um, experience of something that would rock their world like that in such a significant way and I know from my own experience that writing is cathartic it is life-giving it's transformational it allows you to connect and not feel so alone it allows you to reflect and to try things on you know even if it's fiction i mean i, re- I read a lot of fiction now actually <laughs> i read a lot of non-fiction but i read a lot of fiction now um with a renewed desire to read it from my daughters actually who read um fantasy and uh you know stories of great strength and um, new worlds and they all have themes that are relevant in quote-unquote real life and they affect our real lives because it allows us to think of something in a new way it allows us to create new worlds literally a new experience of our own world and we're never alone never if you're a reader I always say if you're a reader you're never alone. <laughs> if you are in a library or a bookstore and um, anybody, anybody in a bookstore or library can find something for them. You know, it doesn't matter who you are. If you're a mechanic, if you read well or don't read well, if you are into the literary arts or if you just kind of like paperback fiction, it doesn't matter. There's something for everyone. And the reason for that. I think is the nature of this creative expression, this um, using language as a, a medium, as a 
commonality as some some way to connect with others. So I thought about, I was thinking about this and yes, I would like to offer this class. I thought, you know, I actually wanted to jump at the, the prospect and I, I actually ended up doing that. But the reason why I hesitated was that, well, I've got to get students and I've got to splice my brain into another fraction because I'm doing so many different things. But I'll tell you one thing, though. The writing and the leading of these workshops is something that actually feeds my soul. It doesn't take away like some work can do. It feeds my soul. And the reason for that is that as you've been listening to my podcast or if you follow my work or if you're a client of mine or a student or anything like that, you'll know that when I consider um, what health is, I think that that is our natural default. I think our bodies are naturally, you know, designed to be healthy. The only time that it isn't is when we get in the way of that. <laughs> but I digress. So when with with our health, that entails everything, all of these aspects at the same time. So it's not that it has a hierarchy of the body. And then, yes, we consider the, the mind and the emotional body as well, you know, as an aside. No, they all are relevant at the same time so how we treat our body is just as relevant as how we think and how we think is just as relevant as how we operate in the world or what inputs that we receive or um, our capability to feel creative or to find purpose and meaning they're all relevant at the same time so when i think about writing in particular uh, when i was young uh, actually, is probably I was probably 13 years old or so when I started writing. I actually started reading not that long before that. I was a good reader, quote unquote, in school, apparently, according to one of my teachers. My grade one teacher told me that. But I wasn't a writer. I didn't think in that way. I didn't look at the world and watch for the details. I didn't try to figure out what made things tick. At least I don't remember doing that until I met a friend and she used to write poetry and she had a book that she labeled like that she would write and she called it me myself and i and as most people should do and at the time i thought boy you're such a copycat poser um i emulated her so i i named a book that i had me myself and i it was a you know a ring bound um notebook and so i started writing poetry really terrible poetry <laughs> in these books I had like a part one, I had a two, I had a three. Like I look back and I think, wow, I could have used a teacher. But um, but that that her her, I guess her her practice of doing that of a, an outlet of an, a way of expression of a way to see um, the pain that she you know was feeling emotionally. You know, like you can see it. It's tangible. It's flowing through your fingers. It, you're releasing it through writing. Um, I wanted that. I didn't know what it was, but I wanted it. And it wasn't something I was taught. It was something that I discovered by someone else's example. She didn't tell me to, to do it. She just showed it to me or shared it with me. And I thought, wow, I, I need to do that. So I started writing and I started pulling my writing out of my books and putting them all over my room in my bedroom. And that was my way to share it, but a little bit, um, you know, I was being shy about it. I was, and it took me a really long time to boldly share those deep 
um, thoughts and uh, those deep uh, reflections and, um, you know, I guess uh, observations of the world around me. And I don't know why we're so afraid of that. I suppose it's sort of that primal fear of being rejected from the pack, you know, because that's a very real fear of not having a place, not being accepted. It's not all about having the nicest clothes and being shallow. It's really a fundamental fear of being rejected from the pack. So it takes a lot of courage for people to share those innermost thoughts and feelings. But soon I found more places where I could do that. My friends started saying, wow, that's a really powerful poem, Carla. Like, I feel the same way. Or I didn't know you felt like that. Or we had some kind of connection through what they were reading in my walls if they were someone that was close enough to me to be, you know, in my room in that downstairs basement room in my mom's house. Um, So writing became an outlet. It it actually helped me to survive along with my singing. And when I say survive, um, I don't want to say that, you know, my life was hell and I, you know, I needed to survive every day because it was so awful. I would never say that. I had a really exciting, interesting, I've had a really exciting and interesting life. And of course, there are things that we go through in life. You know, there's been divorce and there's been addiction and there's been um, even violence that I've witnessed or been um, even subject to. And, And there's been illness and there's been struggle and strife and um, uncertainty, lack of safety, right? Like feeling rejected or even rejecting myself. I've been through all of those things, but my life has been beautiful. And I think one of the reasons why I can truly say that and really, really mean it, I'm not just trying to convince myself or do affirmations in the mirror until I believe it. I look back and I look at today, I look at yesterday and I look at the future with excitement, um, even when I know not all of those days are going to be quote unquote easy, when some of those days are going to be uncomfortable, they're still beautiful. And I feel that my training, so I started training in how to write, how to craft, why we do this with different poets um, in the community. And, you know, some classes that I would take it when I was doing my degree, because I had some wiggle room in the in the um, elective classes that I could select. Um, I started seeking out, you know, uh, readings, and I started to give them and I started to teach creative writing classes after I got my degree, I started teaching children, and then I started teaching adults. And then I led a seniors class um, at the university, which was the most rewarding, most rewarding um, class I've ever taught. Because when we when we looked at their lives through the lens of the hero's journey, a lot of those students told me this whippersnapper, young whippersnapper teaching them this class, um, that they didn't know before this that their lives mattered. Like, how, how is that? They didn't know that their lives mattered. And that, that really rocked me. That made me think, you know what, Carla, this is something you've got to keep doing. And I, I had students, you know, like a lot of my students at the time, they were probably, I bet you they were 35, like 38, like they're getting up there now. Because when I was teaching initially, those kids were children, but they weren't that much younger than me, really, on the whole scheme of things, maybe 10 years or something like that. So when they come, they, they'd come to me, we, I'd run into them somewhere, you know, in our city or, or wherever we were, and they would say, you know what, Carla, you taught me to write. 
and I'll be forever grateful. And I said, no, I didn't. I just told you you could. <laughs> and all we need is that permission to to be um, to shine in the pack and to be less afraid of being pushed out of it because of things we think are different or less than or weird or um, make us too exposed or vulnerable because we find community and connection in that it makes us only stronger not only individually but as a community as as in a relationship as a family right as as a partnership um one of the most significant poems i ever wrote and maybe i'll put that in the show notes here was a poem that i wrote for my daughter for olivia and I literally had this poem, the, and the reason why I call it a poem, this is the ter- these, these are the terms I think in, but I literally had these, this, uh, um, I guess it would be epiphany or an awareness developing for five years before I actually wrote it because I didn't know it was going to be a poem. And then one day I woke up and I thought, this is a poem. These thoughts, these, whatever this is, has got to come out now. So I sat down and I'm, I usually get up really early. I get up earlier than all of my family. I'm the first one up and I've got a couple hours in of writing or, or, you know, doing some work or thinking or whatever I'm doing before meditating, whatever it is, before everybody else gets up. And so at the time she was going to a high school and I had to drive her there because we live 40 or 35 minutes away from the town that she was going to this high school in. And um, I remember her like kind of pacing. And at the time, it was really difficult. Our mornings were not easy times. And for various reasons that I'm not going to go into here, but they were very stressful. And I remember saying to her, you can wait. I'm not done yet. And, at, and I, I even wrote that moment into the poem. So what I what it just poured out of me, the whole beauty and pain and um, and everything about it even the pain was beautiful I guess every it was really about the beauty it was about it's about observation it's about like I said self-reflection making sense of what has what happened and what transpired for us over those last five years and I I, so I wrote it and then I said okay I'm not quite done I realize we have to leave in 10 minutes you just need to hang on and I'm gonna go into my office and I'm recording this right now I recorded it in one go. I, when I put the poem together, I put a recording of my my daughters and I singing when they were really little, and it kind of it it came in at the very end, the last stanza of the poem, and for some reason it just was perfect. The timing, I had no idea what I was doing with this recording, um, you know, program. I never recorded it again because it was imperfect but perfect in its imperfection. And it was like, I what I always tell my writing students is just don't let that go. You know, whenever you capture that, you, whatever you capture will be only available at that moment. And if you let it go, that's okay too. But just know that if you were to write your book today, as opposed to tomorrow, or if you were to write a chapter, lose it and have to rewrite it, it will never be the same. And we could consider that a loss, but I consider that just what is. And whenever we have what we have, whatever it turns out to be, that's what it's, it's just, that's what it is. And that's the beauty of it. And so had I not learned to, or 
to cultivate that creative part of me, which is literally, I think it's part of everybody, but it's for me personally, I, this is how I explain it. That is so strong. It's like, it's why I never give up in my life for whatever has been hard or that's what keeps me going is this creative center like this, um, this fire in me that just won't get banked, be banked. <laughs> I once told my friend, I was like, I'm like a cockroach, but maybe it's not quite the metaphor I'm going for, but <laughs> the bomb will go off and I'll still come scuttling out and see the beauty in the after, <laughs> you know, like what are we get with the new life? I don't know how to explain that. That just sounds a little bit violent, but um, I think you know what I mean, you know, so that allowed me to, I wrote my way through my experience in teenhood because a lot of us experience some very uh, challenging things in teenhood um, some more than others um, and through motherhood and through relationship and um, through you know even my relationship with myself you know moving toward uh, being the doer fixer uh, trying to be the hero to being just myself and to love myself. And so there are so many different themes. And for everybody, the theme is different. And so, again, it makes me think of my, my class of, um, of seniors. And they would, you know, they didn't know their lives were important. And every single story they wrote was gorgeous. And I don't mean everybody was this, like, Tolstoy or something like, you know, like this famous writer but they, their stories were so beautiful in their own ways. And, you know, from uh, some of the people that were writing about their, their past and being, you know, driving across Europe on a motorcycle. And one woman saying that her whole life was revolved around her family, but that whole quietness of her existence was so loud. <laughs> it made such wide ripples, um, you know, and a couple people were uh, encountering health problems at that very t- same time we were doing the class. And one was actually, um, you know, experiencing a diagnosis of cancer. And so that class literally uh, is was the epitome. It's, it's my example for the most... Um, the best results you could possibly get from an activity an, a, that is a creative expression. So I also play music. I, I like to muck around on the piano. I've been learning to play the drums terribly, but I'm having a lot of fun. Um, I sing my head off. I love to dance. I run. I walk. I try to move my body as much as possible. I practice yoga. I do. I have a lot of things that I tap into, um, but I chose to talk about writing today because of its ability to to connect us all. And I think that it's probably my number one choice, as long as I'm not sick and tired of looking at a screen or writing in a book. <laughs> Words, whether they are spoken or written, they are my heart. So... How do we apply that, right, to our families? Or how do we apply that to what health actually means or health empowerment or personal development, right? Well, I guess in all ways, right? So I like to look at this 
to our, our lives as heroes' journeys. And that concept is certainly not mine. If you look it up, you'll see that it's Joseph Campbell's concept. And he came up to came to that conclu- the conclusion through his um, his, I guess, very thorough, uh, study of mythology a- across the world, uh, all over in in all cultures, um, all over the world, and he came to this conclusion that every story is a hero's journey, and so we can find the hero in ourselves in every single journey, and that's a process coming from being, you know, kind of pushed out of the nest or you know challenged with something in our lives that moves us into a journey, and that journey goes from you know what am I doing? I'm afraid, holy cow, to finding our mentors, um, you know, along the way. But we we usually come to this kind of crisis moment where we have a transition, where we grow, where we, we, we have to grow. It's like do or die. And then we, we have those, those mentors to help us through that. And once we are de- done that transformation, that transition, we come back, whether it be to our lives or physically come back from a journey or, um, you know, like just return to the family and to our communities in a different state, I guess, wiser, um, more evolved in our own journey, not more evolved than others, but I mean, in our own journeys, um, and able to share that with others. And so when I when I think about writing, um, this is what I apply now whenever I teach my writing programs is the hero's journey, this whole concept. And it's the starting point and the anchor for writing. And that can be shown in storytelling or poetry, um, fiction, nonfiction, creative nonfiction, memoir writing, life writing, right? And that, like I said, it connects us to others. It's a way to express ourselves and to make sense of our experiences and the world we live in. And I think that if the more of us that are expressive or able to express ourselves in this way, the more content we become because we are more safe in the pack when we feel safe, when we feel that we are connected to other people. When we are supported from by other people, when we find support, or, or sorry, when we um, are supports for other people. And with our writing, we can also make an impact, right? We tell people they're not alone. We feel less alone. Um, there's that potential to heal trauma and to empower ourselves um, and also to find voice. I think that's what I was really looking for when I was younger. I mean, probably even still is to find voice. Like, who am I? Can I speak up? And I sure did. <laughs> After that, I probably, it didn't take me long to start speaking up um, and to be heard and feel like you've been heard. It's not just about being loud. It's not about being loud. It's about being heard and listening to others, right? And um, I, I have this one thing I say sometimes. I don't even know if, I, if, I, if it's original. So forgive me if I'm quoting someone mistakenly thinking it's my original thought, which we writers know that there really isn't an original thought. <laughs> we just put our own little spin on it. But turn pain into poetry, right? Turn pain into poetry. Because what is poetry but the, the um, I guess, the, the focus on the beauty of everything. of Like, literally laser focus. It's like, I, read, I, I, um, I often read a poem called The Red Wheelbarrow, 
just to give an example of this very simple concept. It's only about a red wheelbarrow, but it sticks out in my mind because a line in the poem juxtaposes the red wheelbarrow with the white chickens. And I dare you to not see that again now that you've seen it. You know, the red wheelbarrow with the white chickens. And and just that detail, you go, ah, oh, I felt that. I saw it, right? Um, it's about all those little, the little minutiae. And if you are in awe of the little things in life, those big things in life don't seem so daunting, scary, you know, um, ugly actually even because you can see the beauty in every single detail. And so, um, and also turning strife into wisdom, you know, so what are we going to learn from all of this stuff that we're pouring out onto the page, you know, and how are we going to craft it to be a piece of art, right? So we, we, we belch it all out. (laughs) And then how do we make it into a piece of art? Um, Writing also helped me to realize my inner power and becoming more grounded and present because you need to be present if you're going to be a good observer. You need to stop and allow everything to sort of turn into slow motion around you so you can write down that one second of activity in a page or to one line, the red wheelbarrow with the white chickens, right? Um, and I, we all need this creative outlet, um, you know, to work through that muck and to heal your body and your heart and such a stress reduction um, activity, right? It's such a stress reduction activity. Um, and inspiration, right? So this is why, uh, this is what I think is one of those um, secrets of people who are happy and healthy is that they are always inspired. And I think part of that is to be grateful and aware of everything around them, right? Of the beauty around them. So that's all I wanted to say um, about this whole topic of writing, of creativity, of finding voice and express expressing and connecting. And um, as I said, I lead creative writing workshops on occasion. I often don't do it for you know a couple years and then I'll do it again, but I'm really trying to do them more often. They're one of those things that I love everything I do, but some things take more energy and this one actually fills me up. So I really want to be teaching more of them. So keep an eye out for these programs. Um, the heroes or sorry, the uh, mountain rise for from earth, uh, sorry, mountains rise from earthquakes program, as well as uh, I have teen writing programs that I love doing. I love what I love what they come up with. And I let them just let a rip parents. So just so you know, <laughs> they have they can just go and they they're brilliant brilliant I just I literally you should see me smiling ear to ear like my my head my top of my head's gonna fall off I'm smiling so big because they are those classes are just amazing what they come up with it just takes a little nudge and they're going 
So um, keep an eye out for those programs. If you want to know, like in between programs, just fire me an email with my contact information that's in the show notes. And I'll try to keep my show notes up to date, but I will definitely, you know, there's definitely contact information there if you ever listen to this um, episode down the road and are interested in um, what I might have cooking or being offered um, presently. So uh, I hope you have a really creative rest of your day and may you and your family be well. This podcast is sponsored by the Healthy Family Formula, which essentially means that we share our information for free. All we ask is that before you move on to the next hundred things on your to-do list for today, take what you learn and instead of waiting until Monday, January 1st, or any other arbitrary date in the future, act on it now. Buy that new food, start that new routine, shift into that healthier habit. The little steps steadily move you past the miles you leave behind you. For more information about anything related to family health, do pick up my book and check out our newsletter, blog, individual and group coaching programs, and practitioner training program at healthyfamilyformula.com. And you can also like our Facebook page, facebook.com slash healthyfamilyformula. You can find us on Instagram at hff underscore revolution and also on Clubhouse at Empowered Family. Please note that Family Health Revolution podcast is not a source for diagnosis or medical treatment, but is the opinion of the host. This podcast is intended to empower people with information so they can make the best health decisions for themselves. It is up to each person to listen to their inner wisdom, consider the information they deem to be accurate and applicable to their individual situation, and consult with their trusted healthcare providers if they so choose when making any decisions regarding their own health or the health of their loved ones. Each person's health is their own responsibility. Mm-hmm.